Welcome to the podcast from Church of the Nazarene. Please subscribe to this podcast for the latest updates and new episodes. And you can also search for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. We also invite you to join us each Sunday morning at 9 on our YouTube channel or Facebook Live. You can also join us in person at 9 or 1030 for our English services or 1145 for our Spanish service. We also invite you to join Celebrate Recovery every Monday night at 630. Thanks for listening. Hello. Hello. Can you, can you hear me? Sorry, just one minute. Hello. Hello. I, 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 can't, I can't hear you. Can, can you hear me? Hello. If you're, if you're talking, I have no idea what. Oh, you can hear. Yeah, yeah. I said, what? Okay. If you're, if you're talking, I have no earthly idea what you're saying. Have you ever had a phone call like that? Uh, some of you are like, yeah, because my spouse can't hear. No, no, I mean like a, a, poor, a poor connection. I was, I was here the other day in, in the building and, and was on the phone call, and I was actually walking through this room, an auditorium, which is surrounded by cinder block and all kinds of stuff, and that was in the middle of a phone call. I was talking, and then, you know, you've been talking for like a solid minute, and then they're like, are you still talking because I have no idea what you're saying? And you're like, well, uh, uh. so I remember uh, this, I don't know what you do, but it's like you, you stop, like, okay, I'm going to stop walking and maybe that will help. Or I actually walked out these doors because I'm like, I got to get to the outside world, you know, maybe that can, I'm, I'm sticking my head out the door because it was raining. I didn't want to get wet, you know? So, so I don't know what you do when you get poor connection, but we try all these things. We try talking louder, right? We, we try uh, leaning out the window or stopping whatever we're doing or going to the last place where we had good connection. Anything that we can do to try to restore the connection uh, in a world that's increasingly connected, it's really, really frustrating when we have a poor connection, isn't it? Some of you, I don't know how you live in a house where there's like terrible reception. That would be so frustrating to me. But some of you, that's, that's your reality. So we try talking louder, moving ever so slightly, leaning to one side, whatever the crazy things that we do. But is it possible, is it possible today that in a world where hyper-connectivity is the norm, that we are missing the most important connection of all? What do you do? What do you do when you're experiencing a poor connection with God? What do you do? What do you do when it seems as though God is silent? Well, we're going to spend the next few weeks talking about that, leaning into that, asking ourselves that question. When God seems silent. We use that word. I'm using that word, that wording very intentionally because the truth is God is speaking. Right now, today, God is speaking. We believe on this side of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus, we serve a God that is speaking. He speaks through his word. He speaks through his people. He speaks to us as we pray, but there's times in our life it doesn't seem that way. I don't think I'm the only one. I don't think I'm the only one today that can relate because maybe, maybe uh, it was a season where you, you have questions, lots of questions, and you're asking the Lord, and you're asking, and it just seems like he's saying nothing. 
You look around what's happening, the circumstances in your life. You feel urgency. You feel like you need help, and you're, and you're asking him for help. And it feels like, it seems like God's not even paying attention. Like you've got a, a poor connection, right? Like you're talking, and I don't hear anything in response. It seems like God is silent. So what do you do? What do you do? For some of you today, that's not a hypothetical question. For you right now, it seems like God is silent and it's confusing and it's frustrating and it's disorienting. Maybe you showed up today and and your prayer is kind of like, today's the day. Today is the day God's going to say something, anything. Maybe you came today and you believe today is that moment where God will finally break through and say something because it just seems like for this week or this month or for as long as you can remember, God seems silent. Here's here's what I've discovered in my life. When good things are happening, when things are are going pretty well, it's not too hard for me to kind of point to and recognize God. Look, God's doing stuff. He's working. He's speaking. But, But it's those other times. It's when the diagnosis is not really hopeful or encouraging. Or when God doesn't heal like you ask him to. Or when the job isn't provided like you thought it would. Or when your kids are driving you crazy and, and you're, you're afraid and anxious about decisions. that they're, All the circumstances, you can lay that over the grid of your own life and recognize those times and those moments. Sometimes it's a little bit harder to sense, to hear, to identify the voice of the Lord. It seems like God is silent. Well, in Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah, I have to believe that the Israelites that were living in exile in Babylon knew the feeling this feeling that it seemed like God was silent. The year is 600 BC. And yes, the Israelites were exiled from Jerusalem. They were ripped away from their homes. Their normal was disrupted. Their their normal was disrupted. Relationships were disrupted. The present and the future felt uncertain and more than likely hopeless. And in the midst of that chaos and disruption, it seemed like God was silent. And through the prophet Jeremiah, God speaks a powerful word. Uh, We're going to be in a couple places in Scripture today, but we're going to begin in Jeremiah 29, a passage that many of you may know, you may be familiar with, but I think the context of this passage and the word that God speaks in the midst of what had to have felt like hopeless circumstances. I think it's powerful for us. We're just going to look at these few verses. It begins with verse 11, a verse that may seem familiar to you. For I know the plans I have for you. Again, who, who is God speaking to? He's speaking to exiles. He's speaking to those that have been ripped from their homes. He's speaking to those that have lost everything. And now they're in a foreign land. And this is the word of the Lord. I, I, I have plans for you declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. Can you imagine receiving those words in the midst of those kind of circumstances? God wants to bring me hope. God wants to give me a future. How is that possible in the midst of what I'm experiencing? But that's That's the powerful word that comes through the prophet Jeremiah. And we tend to focus a lot on verse 11. I like verse 11, but today we're really going to keep going in this passage because it's some powerful truth for us as we launch into our series. Then, then you will call on me, the Lord says. 
You will come and you'll pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I'll bring you back from captivity. This is the word of the Lord for us today. We focus a lot on verse 11, and we should. I like that. It's a powerful promise. But today, look again at verse 13. If you have it there in front of you, we'll have it again on the screen. Uh, Look at the promise. Uh, What does it say? You will seek me and find me. So that word, and, and again, we know uh, Jeremiah was written in Hebrew. wasn't written in English. And so sometimes we dive in and we look at some of the nuance, the context of that. That word, seek me, it means to seek with a purpose. To seek in such a way that you intend on finding it. This is not some kind of aimless wandering. It's the idea of, of being the parent and you've lost your kid on the playground. And you are searching, seeking desperately to find it, right? That's kind of the connotation here that Jeremiah is saying. The Lord is saying, you will seek me. You will seek me. So in this sentence, what what happens when we seek the Lord? Again, we're talking about what happens. What what, what do we do when God seems silent in our lives, when we're in the midst of those circumstances where it feels hopeless? Certainly, the Israelites would have related to that feeling. And so this is the word of the Lord. You will seek me. And find me when you seek me with all your heart. So in this verse, what happens when we seek him? Well, two things. And the structure of this verse is really unique. And maybe you're familiar enough with it that you don't even think about it anymore. But, but let's break it down for a minute. So first, you see, seek me. We talk about that. This is not just some kind of aimless. This is like, I am passionate. I'm desperate to find you. That's the kind of seeking that's happening here. But then, next slide, what happens when we seek him? You, you will seek me. When you seek me. Again, I I crossed out some words there to kind of help us bring focus. What is the promise? What is the promise when we seek him? When we seek him, we will keep seeking him. Did you catch that? You'll seek me and find me when you seek me. The very act of seeking him, it, it compounds, right? It leads to more seeking. As we seek him, we keep Seeking him, it leads to more and more and more. Listening, truly seeking him produces more listening and more listening and more listening because that's the desperation that we have to hear from him. So the prophet Jeremiah says, when you seek him like that, that's, this is the word of the Lord, when you seek me like that, you're going to keep seeking me. And keeps, this is not a one-time thing. This is not I check off the list. Hey, I prayed, I tried, I, I, thought, I did my part. No, this is I seek and I keep seeking and I keep seeking. And then the, the second promise, next part of the verse, you will seek me and find me when you seek me. That's good. Because if it was just the first thing, it would feel a little bit frustrating, right? The promise is, well, you'll seek me and keep seeking me. You'll keep seeking me. You'll keep seeking me. And we're like, all right, how long does that last? Well, the promise of God is, You're going to find me when you seek me. You'll keep seeking and you'll keep seeking, but but if you keep seeking me like that, you're going to find me. Finally, what does it say? Why? When you seek with all your heart. When you hold nothing back. When there's not a plan B. 
when there's not, um, I'm, I'm going to surround myself with some other things to kind of help myself feel better in this moment when I'm desperate. No, 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 I'm going to seek you with all my heart. The truth of Jeremiah 29, verse 13, is that this kind of listening, seeking for God in this way, listening produces hearing. It's a powerful truth. It was powerful thousands of years ago, but this is a powerful truth for us today, right? We can lean in and claim these words and and these verses and this truth over our lives today. Today, if God seems silent, listen. Really listen. Really listen. Listening to God is not not passive. We're not really listening unless we're actively listening. Listening. Uh, Anybody who's married, you can apply this principle to your life. But I've learned just when I'm communicating with somebody and I really want them to know I'm listening, I've got to do some different things. The first thing I can't do is multitask, you know. So if I'm really listening to you, you know what I'm not doing? Yep, yep, uh uh-huh, right. Yep, yeah, uh uh-huh, right, right. Or whatever context, watching the TV, yep, mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what, you know what really listening does involve? putting that down, turning that off. Sometimes I even change my posture. It's like if somebody in my family's talking and I just, I'm seeing in myself that I'm distracted. I see that they can tell, man, they really want me to listen. I'll turn my body, I know this is like a crazy idea, right? I'll turn my body and face their direction. So I'm sitting on the couch watching this. I turn this off and I turn my whole attention to them. My whole focus, why? Because I want them to know I'm listening to you right now. This will help your marriage, I think. I promise you it will, right? Because, because there's a difference between kind of, yeah, yeah, that's cool, that's cool. And actually, I'm, I'm shutting everything down, and I'm putting my focus and energy and attention on you because I'm, I'm listening. That's active listening, right? Not some kind of passive pursuit. That's, I'm removing distraction. I'm turning my body physically. I'm all my attention and focus because what you're saying right now, I, I need to hear I need to hear you. I, I, you're in the room today. When someone listens to you like that, it, that's powerful, isn't it? You feel loved. You feel heard. And you, you can tell that they want to hear what you're saying. The truth is, if we're not seeking God like that, we're not really actively seeking. If God seems silent, it's possible that it's because you've stopped listening or you've stopped active, being active in your listening. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. All your heart. Here's a sobering thought today. You could be missing the voice of God because you aren't really listening. Remember the words of Jesus. I love to quote these when when Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you, and seek and you will find, and knock in the door. And I talk about this often, but again, the wording there in the Greek is not this kind of one-time thing. Like, ask and you receive. Seek and you... It's this, it's this continuing action where literally what Jesus is saying is ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. It's this, Jesus is teaching us what it is to pursue to actively listen to the voice of God in our lives. It's not a passive pursuit. It drives me crazy when I lose something. It probably does. I can't imagine anybody in the room that just loves losing stuff. But I mean, when I lose something, it drives me crazy. It could be the smallest thing. 
But it's like, if I knew I had it, and I remember this, and then, I mean, I'll, I'll try retracing my steps, and I'll go, th- you know, sometimes it's in my hand. That's when you get old, and it's really embarrassing. Like, where's my phone? Oh, here it is. But no, I mean, like, you really lost something, and you're retracing your steps, and you're doing everything. You go back out to the car. You come back in. I try laying down at night, and I can't sleep. I can't lay down because I've got to find whatever it is I'm looking for. And, and it's, it's not a passive pursuit, is it? It could be the silliest, seemingly most insignificant thing, but I, I've got to find it. My mind won't stop thinking about it until I find it. When's the last time you were that serious about pursuing God's voice in your life? I don't know what the thing is that you lose. Whatever it is that would make you passionate and urgent and you go home today and you clean out all the drawers and you look even under the bed, it's scary under there, but you're willing to go under there because you're desperate to find it, right? When's the last time you were that desperate? I think that's what Jesus was trying to teach us and I think that's what God spoke through the prophet Jeremiah. Seek me and find me when you seek me with all. Sometimes though, when we truly, desperately seek him, it means that we have to overcome obstacles in our life. And so with the remainder of the time I have uh, today, I want to identify really over the rest of our series together, we're going to identify what are the obstacles that keep us from passionately pursuing, from actively listening to the voice of God, that if it's true right now that God is speaking in your life, what is it that keeps us from hearing? Well, I want to suggest to you today one reason why. One reason why uh, you have a poor connection with the God who created you, who loves you, one reason is because there's something disrupting the signal. There's something blocking the connection between the God who is speaking right now and you, and it's called sin. Sin. The truth is we were created for a longing and a connection, to, to, to be in connection with God. We were created to be in relationship, in community with God. We've been talking a lot last weekend, throughout Family Weekend, and recently about connection, that connection matters, and it begins with a connection with God. And you and I were created to be in connection with God. When we aren't properly connected to God, we aren't fulfilling our our purpose, that we were created in the image of God to fulfill. Sin, what does sin do? It destroys that connection between us and God. It disrupts that connection where we can't live in proper relationship with God because of sin. I promise I'm not going to preach on cell phones every week, but I spent some time this week studying uh, cell phone jammers. They're controversial, illegal in most places, but what, what I learned was fascinating to me, how they work. Maybe everybody in the room knew this, but how they work is this. If you want to block a, a signal, uh, if you want to block kind of cell phones, like if I got serious about, man, I don't want people on their cell phones during church, so we're going to block all that. You know? How does that work? Well, this this jammer that you get, what you do is it, it deliberately transmits a signal on the same frequency. So we set it up in here. It, it's set up on the same frequency as everyone's phone. But what it does is it disrupts the communication. It, it disrupts the communication between my phone and the tower. That's, that still blows my mind. There's a tower somewhere sending a signal that lets me send a signal. But, but what the jammer does is it, it's on the same frequency, but it disrupts the signal. 
so that I'm no longer able to receive the transmission. I'm no longer able to hear. I'm no longer able to send communication to receive the communication. There's a disruption that's been created. And that is what sin does in our lives. That is why so many of us today, we can feel like God is silent. It may seem like God's not speaking to me. And you may even feel like you're actively listening and you're desperate to seek him. But the truth is, when there's sin in our lives that we justify and we don't allow God to deal with, it blocks our connection. Don't take my word for it. Look just briefly in Psalm 66. Psalm 66, the psalmist is kind of reflecting on this idea. It's right here in the scripture for us. Multiple places, but right here, I think it's poignant. I have it on the screen. This is what the psalmist says. Come and hear all you who fear God. Let me tell you what he's done for me. I cried out to him with my mouth, and his praise was on my tongue. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Maybe you've been in a season of crying out to him. You've been telling him what you need. You've been asking him for help, begging for wisdom. You've been seeking him and seeking him and seeking him, like we just talked about. And then there's this idea of praise it talks about. We just did that together corporately. We praised his name. We lifted up the name of Jesus. But then these next words in verse 18 should grab our attention. What does it say? If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. That word cherish in Hebrew, it means to hold on to, not just that, but to have vision for. This is something you value. It's not just something that you kind of latch on to haphazardly. This is something that you hold on to and you, and you value in your life. The psalmist is saying, if I treated sin like that in my life, God couldn't listen to me. God couldn't hear me. It would disrupt that relationship, right, disrupt the connection between us and God. God is speaking, and he's speaking, but there's something in us. We're holding on to sin. We're grabbing on to sin. We're justifying sin in our hearts. We can't hear the voice of God. But next, what, is, what does the psalmist say in verse 19? But God has surely listened to my prayer and has heard my prayer. Praise be to God who's not rejected my prayer or withheld his love for me. Today, I want to suggest this truth is both humbling and hopeful. Humbling and hopeful. Uh, let's start with humbling. What's so humbling about this truth? What's humbling is to think that for many of us today who profess faith in Christ, faith in who Jesus is and what he's done for us, and because of that, we have a relationship with God. The God of the universe loves us. He created us, calls us his sons, a daughter. We're in relationship with him. And, and we're asking him for help. And we're doing all the things. We're praying. We're showing up to church. We even joined a life group, man. We're doing it all. We're being faithful. But what's humbling is in the midst of all of those things that we're doing if we have sin planted in our hearts, if we justify sin in our hearts, then the voice of God has been disrupted. The signal has been disrupted between us and God. In spite of all the things that we could look at and say, look at all I'm doing. Look how much I'm seeking the Lord with my life. Look at how I'm being obedient to him in areas of my life. But sin in our hearts disrupts that connection, I don't know about you, that's humbling today to think 
That's humbling today to think that some of us today, we might be angry at the Lord because he's not speaking, but it's really sin in our hearts that we're holding on to. It's not, it's not God that's absent. It's not that God isn't speaking. It's that we're holding on to something that's disrupting that connection. I said this is humbling and hopeful. You'll say, well, where's the hope in that? That doesn't feel very hopeful. Well, the hope is right here. Look again in verse 20. Praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. See, your heavenly father loves you so much. He doesn't want you to be disconnected from him. He's not sitting up there on the throne room of heaven saying, oh, there you go with your sin again. You're cut off forever. No luck for you. I'm just going to, I'll talk to everybody else. I'm not talking to you anymore. That's not the heart of the Father. He wants nothing more than to speak to you. He wants nothing more than to give you wisdom. He wants nothing more than to guide and direct whatever situation you find yourself in. And he's so desperate that, that he sent Jesus so that there would be no sin that would have to separate us from him. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sin... He is faithful, and he's just, and he will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That word confess means that we simply acknowledge before the Lord our sin. Acknowledge the thing in your heart that's holding you back, that disrupts your connection between you and the God that is speaking right now. What is it today in your life? What could it be? Is it unconfessed pride? What is pride? Pride says it's about me. How, how can we truly listen and hear the voice of God when it's all about me and my pride? Maybe today confession for you is disobedience. God said this. He told you to do this. You haven't done it. That's disobedience. Maybe today... Your confession involves anger or unforgiveness towards someone else. Maybe there's sin in your life, sexual sin. I don't know what it is today. Some of us, it could be deep and heavy. Some of us, it could just be acknowledging and allowing the Lord to reveal it to us and not holding on to it anymore. Not, as the, the psalmist said, having vision for it in our lives anymore, but instead surrendering and confessing and believing. God desires to forgive, and he wants nothing more than that connection between us and him to be restored. Here's the bottom line for us today. If we are serious about seeking the Lord, we'll be serious about confessing our sin. If you're desperate today for the voice of God in your life, if you're desperate to hear from him, then you will become desperate to say, God, I don't want anything in my heart. I don't want anything in my life. That's not pleasing to you. I don't want there to be any attitude. I don't want there to be a thought. I don't want there to be anything in my life, God, to keep me from being in right relationship with you. So, Lord, I, I, you can have it all. Here it is, God. I don't hold anything back. I'm not playing games, and I'm not pretending because I am desperate to hear your voice. So I'm desperate, Lord, to confess whatever it is to you today. Today, uh, I'm going to invite you. Would you bow your heads with me now? And would you close your eyes? And why do we do that? I, I just want to create some space for a minute. Some space for a minute for us to come before a, a holy God. <laughs> He's holy, right? And we aren't, 
on our own, in our own sinful nature, we're not holy people. But yet, if we confess, if we come before him, he purifies us. He makes us like him. So today, I want to invite you would, you, would you just close your eyes and bow your heads? Would you not worry about what you got to do later today? Would you not worry about anything happening around you? But would you just ask yourself right now, ask yourself, is there anything today in your heart? Is there anything in your, in your life? Is there an attitude a habit, <laughs> something that you're turning to, that's not pleasing the Lord. And you don't need to leave this place ashamed, and you don't need to leave this place feeling hopeless. Quite the opposite. The beauty of this moment in this place is that you can bring that before the Lord, confess it to Him. And allow him to forgive, allow him to heal, allow that connection to be restored. Imagine all the things that he might be wanting to say to you, but you've allowed it to be blocked because of whatever it is you're holding on to. So right now, where you are, I want to invite you to come before the Lord. Seek him, right? We talked about that. Seek him and keep seeking. Oh, we're going to knock and we're going to keep knocking. We're desperate for his presence, his voice. But in doing so, we also have to be desperate to confess whatever it is that separates us from him. And so today, I don't know what that is for you. I'm not going to know what that is. But I believe if you ask him, if there is something, he's going to show it to you. His spirit is here right now and convicts us in a loving way. Why? Because that conviction leads to repentance. And that repentance leads to reconciliation and redemption and wholeness and healing that you desperately need today. I can't do that for you. The person sitting next to you can't do that for you. There's nothing in your life that you can earn or hold on to that can do that for you. The only wholeness that you will ever find, true hope that you'll ever find, is found in right relationship with the God who loved you, created you, gave his son for you. So uh, as we sing this song, I'm going to invite you to just confess. It can be that simple. It can be as simple as you saying, God, here it is. Would you forgive me? God, here it is. I name that thing. I acknowledge it to you. I repent from that. I turn from that and I turn towards you. I don't have a vision for that anymore in my life. I have vision for you. Forgive me, Lord. It can be that simple. And so today, some of us, uh, as this next song is played, some of us uh, may want to kneel at an altar or kneel at our seat. Some of us may want to stand. Some of us uh, may want to put our head in our hands. Just changing our posture in a moment of just repentance. God, search my heart. I don't want there to be anything today disrupting my connection with you. So God, I pray for my friends, my family, our church. We're passionate, God, about exposing sin in our lives and confessing it to you because we don't want there to be anything keeping us from you. And so today, I believe right now you want to heal. 
I believe right now you want to forgive. I believe right now you want to do what only you can do in our lives. So would you come as we confess to you? Would you come and meet us right where we are? In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening today. Go ahead and subscribe to our channel for updates and new episodes. And if you have any questions about our church or ministries, go ahead and email us at info at cotnaz.org.